stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research, Shiraz Mian, to discuss everything that's going on with earnings season. What are the expectations for the coming quarters, for the year? How bad is it going to be? We know it's going to be pretty bad. Where are the buying opportunities? What sectors should we be looking at if we're trying to get into an area that's doing kind of decently here? Um, Shraz, there's a lot going on. That's why I wanted to have you on, even though we're at two different locations as usual. Um, So what is going on? You sent me the latest data that we have here at Zach's, and it looks like things are kind of plunging down worse than what I was expecting to see. Yes, it's it's been a steady uh, downtrend, Tracy, uh, on the estimate revisions front. Um, Many of us intuitively feel that should be happening. uh, but it's still pretty shocking to see the extent of uh, how much these estimates have come down uh, for Q1 as well, but in, in very stark fashion for the June quarter for the current period, Q2, yeah. uh, and also for full year. Uh, and I don't think we have seen uh, the full extent of that yet. Uh, so it's an ongoing process. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a period of ugly numbers all around us. Yeah, I was intrigued by that chart we have. That's the evolution of the full year because it looked like it was kind of, um, you know, it was, it's been on the decline every week as it goes down, as we get more information in about what is happening with the economy, who is shut down, how bad that might be. But it really seems like in just even the last, since April, that it's really taken a dive for the worst. And I wonder if that, do you think it has anything to do with people were more optimistic in the beginning and thinking, hey, maybe this won't be so bad and we will get a V-shape recovery right off. But now they're maybe we're seeing in the estimates some second thoughts about that. Yes, I think that is the case. I think earlier on, uh, we all, and also the management teams, uh, appeared to think that at some stage uh, we'll get back to to normal. It's kind of hard to envision why we would have thought that a few weeks back, but yeah. it's uh, it's it's been a pretty dramatic uh, uh, downturn in estimates. Uh, even in the last few weeks. So uh, just to give some context for for folks who can't see this chart that you're referring to, uh, in early January, we were at close to 8% growth for the year as a whole, 7.9% to be precise. Uh, Today, it is a decline of 10.5%. Wow. And uh, and, uh, uh, mid-March, we were at positive 3% growth for the year. So from mid-March to today, uh, we have come down from positive 3% growth for the S&P 500 for the full year to a decline of 10.5%. We have never seen uh, anything like this before. Yeah. So 
what does that mean we should be looking for like during this earnings season? It's just started right now. We just started to get some of the banks in, but what what should we be looking for? I think uh, if we, uh, and I'm just talking, I mean, our job is to dissect each and every earnings report, but for the, the average investor, uh, who has a longer holding horizon, uh, they have to look past these numbers. And okay. as bad as Q1 will be, uh, Q2 will be even worse. And uh, we yeah. know this is, we are, we are going through the, uh, really the toughest part of this downturn. Uh, and we are, still quite some distance from these numbers really bottoming out. Uh, so the risk, Tracy, in a situation like this is that uh, if, if, if an investor who otherwise has a long-term holding horizon uh, gets spooked by these steadily deteriorating numbers and they exit the market altogether, Okay, and and that'll be totally the wrong reaction uh, to these numbers. We know in downturns earnings go bad. Uh, there is a best case scenario of the downturn being restricted or concentrated in Q2, and we start digging out of the hole in the September quarter. Uh, uh, and even if this best case scenario is at play, uh, we are still into three, four, five months of pretty awful numbers. Yeah. And uh, from, from my perspective, uh, I would advise folks to look past the numbers, okay. have a short list of stocks that they have been watching uh, and haven't picked for reasons of valuation or whatever. Uh, and uh, each of those times when they come down, they nibble a little bit uh, and buy some more. And uh, I think eventually, which means uh, beyond 2020, uh, all of these big companies, we're talking about JP Morgan or Johnson & Johnson or Microsoft or Amazon or Walmart, uh, these companies will be fine and they will be even stronger uh, and with more market share and consumer dollars than, than they had before this outbreak. So that's the way to look at these numbers. Okay, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about too is doesn't it make some sense to just dive into if you are looking for individual stocks to buy some of the names you just mentioned or like i i noticed on the second quarter cut one of the areas that's not seeing quite as bad of the estimate cuts is the technology sector so why not just dive into like a microsoft they're only they're up nine percent year to date right now i agree I totally agree. Uh, okay. I think all of these companies, uh, including Amazon, and I was looking at the Amazon uh, uh, performance year today, uh, and as, uh, as, as impressive as those numbers are, uh, uh, we, can only, we can only envision that uh, this company that uh, has been such a dominant presence in our, our lives 
uh, is such a compelling investment at the same time, too. Uh, now, Amazon really hasn't come down. In fact, it's no. it has gained even more ground. Uh, yes. There are plenty of other companies uh, that have proven themselves as compelling as Amazon. You mentioned Microsoft. I'll throw in Walmart in the mix. Uh, I think Walmart has truly established itself uh, as as this other uh, compelling player they'll be with us uh, and, and having this business model that offers this beautiful blend of online and and, and, and brick and mortar uh, and uh, and I think uh, uh, Walmart also comes out of this uh, and it's not the only one there's many others uh, you may uh, you may discuss later on. Uh, that will come out stronger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the, way, that's the way to look at this earnings season. Uh, it's, it's probably useful to advise listeners not to get too hung up on the fact that J.P. Morgan's numbers are down 69%. Right. Or, yeah. uh, or, or Wells Fargo's are down 90%. It's 89% or something. So those are those are crazy numbers, and the June quarter numbers would be even worse. And these are the best banks. I mean, J.P. Morgan is, not Wells Fargo. If J.P. Morgan's numbers are this bad, uh, we can only imagine what's happening with the smaller players. Right. So I also noticed in some of our data that there are a few sectors that are supposed to see positive earnings growth in the second quarter still. This is subject to change, and probably these will go into the negative too eventually. But um, a couple of them were business services, uh, staples, of course, utilities, and then medical, obviously. Uh, but I took a look at some of the business services, and I've feel like that area um, is kind of intriguing here because that is an area that has like Teladoc in there. TDOC is the ticker. Those shares are up 91% because everybody has to call their doctor right now. But nice. it's kind of an opportunity for them. But I was also eyeing a company like AMN Healthcare Services. This is a mid-cap company that does staffing for doctors and nurses, essentially. AMN is the ticker. And I've owned them off and on over the years in my value investor portfolio, but their shares are down just 2.7% year to date. And they were up as much as 30% in March because they're staffing the nurses if they can find any to go into these cool. jobs where there's demand. So what do you think about focusing if you're not going to do the tech or these other kind of big the Walmarts, Amazons in an area of some of these areas that still may do somewhat decently in the second quarter. Absolutely. I think these service providers, uh, and that's what the, the, these business services companies are. And you mentioned Teladoc, just, to, just to aside about Teladoc, that this was uh, on the uh, final short list for this year's top 10 portfolio. Wow. And the final 13 stocks of which I picked the 10, I left. TDOC uh, to my uh, uh, it, it's in my hall of shame so oh, no. uh, just wanted to mention that uh, <laughs> so close yes <laughs> it's it's uh, the uh, the business services uh, these are uh, these are companies that are 
not uh, uh, heavily uh, physically present entities. These companies are fully functional and operational, uh, even in in this uh, kind of stay-at-home environment. Uh, and uh, when 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 companies are going down and responding to an economic downturn as we're going through now, and also when they are coming out of it, uh, they require a lot of consulting and 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 professional help uh, that. Uh, that is provided by these companies. So, so the, the ones you mentioned are more of the smaller mid-cap up-and-coming names, but even the more traditional large-cap consulting firms yeah. like an Accenture, for example, um, uh, those, those, those have come down. Uh, obviously, their business suffers uh, because their clients cannot spend as much as they did in good times, uh, but they will play very important roles uh, as, uh, as, as these companies come to grips with the downturn and then prepare uh, for the eventual normalization. Okay. On the flip side, some of the areas that are going to see the worst cuts aren't a surprise to anyone either. Um, energy is supposed to see the worst in the second quarter. Then you have like autos, transports, aerospace, some of the worst areas. What do you make of energy here? A lot of people are trying to dive in there, but, and I know we just had OPEC plus cuts, they had to do it, but even still, even today, there's, uh, when we're recording this on April 14th, there's a Texas Railroad Commission hearing going on all day today with all of the Texas drillers and oil services providers there giving testimony about whether or not Texas should do, you know, a coordinated production cut there. And um, Pioneer CEO said that he's expecting in a couple of weeks that you could see three dollars to ten dollar Permian oil prices <laughs> if yeah. they do cut. So why should anyone be diving into energy right here? I know the stocks have been crushed down, but I don't know. That looks kind of dubious to me. I think the the and those are all those are all valid points, Tracy. The uh, liquidity and solvency uh, is a, is a far bigger issue with the group currently. Uh, than trend in oil prices. So it's the WTI is trading at 20, goes down to 15, goes up to 25. I would think that's perhaps the band in which we will see this uh, as we struggle with the uh, getting visibility on where we find stability in the economy. When we come out of this thing uh, and I, I don't really see how uh, a cut, uh, either the OPEC plus or even the uh, the U.S. version, the Texas uh, yeah. Railroad Commission a meeting that you're referring to, uh, it's a demand issue. Right. So, so supply cuts will help on the margin, uh, but as long as these... Uh, these these airlines are, are shut down as long as uh, our traffic, uh, whether road, railroad, or air, uh, and even shipping, 
remains down as it is, uh, I can't really see the commodity getting uh, any headway. Uh, and with respect to picking individual stocks, I think uh, instead of focusing on, on, on the underlying commodity, the focus should be on balance sheet strength. Who could survive? Who has the capacity uh, to ride it through? You mentioned Pioneer. I have yeah. long been a fan of that company. Still yeah. like it. Uh, uh, if someone has a holding horizon, they can look past, uh, say, next year. Uh, I think that's, that's a sure shot company. Uh, that will be there at the other end yeah. uh, and uh, perhaps will bulk up uh, and will be a lot higher than where it is right now. Are you still a fan of Chevron too? Like I, yes, I, I'm still a fan of Chevron more than the other majors. I am a little doubtful. I always thought that the dividend uh, was totally untouchable. Uh, I'm coming around to thinking that uh, perhaps uh, in these extremely unusual times, uh, uh, it is perhaps not as sacrosanct that I, uh, as I as I always expected. But yes, of the larger group, of the super majors, uh, I still like Chevron more than any of the others, and by and large. I'm a lot more confident of their dividend than many of the others. Okay. Um, in terms of what anyone should be listening for, on like say, I always tell people go listen to the conference calls because the press releases aren't really telling us the whole story, especially this quarter. But do you have any advice for anybody who's tuning in to these companies of you know something particular to look for? Because otherwise, I've mainly seen people, um, you know, just withdrawing guidance, saying it's bad, saying they have no certainty about what's to come. Yeah. You know, but is there anything else in there that maybe we should be looking for to, to make some kind of, you know, investment decisions when we're listening? I would say... You give a good sound advice, Tracy, in terms of listening to the conference call. Now, for the average investor, uh, I would say about two-thirds of the details on that call are, are, are not as relevant. Uh, right. But the, the part of the calls, and if we can get hold of the transcript, that's, even, uh, that's probably more useful for them. The part in which uh, the management team uh, is discussing uh, conditions, underlying conditions in their business. Uh, yeah. And the part in these uh, specific times when we are, uh, uh, when financial strength and balance sheet strength is so much uh, at a premium, uh, it's perhaps useful the finance guys, the CFO, the controllers who are on the call uh, and I bet they will get questions on uh, how much of the credit facility they have drawn up, how much liquidity they have. Uh, yeah. If it's a if it's a if it's a dividend paying company, uh, there will be some questions about the security of their dividend. Uh, 
obviously buybacks uh, have been cut down. Uh, there's no one is, is, is going to do any buybacks. So uh, issues like those uh, are, are far more important than what the company did in terms of earnings and revenues in Q1. Uh, it's When we look back, uh, the January through March period feels like it was a different, it was like a different time altogether. Totally. So yeah. it's, 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 it's effectively ancient history. Uh, very few of these companies will be able to give guidance. If this is one of the companies that has traditionally given guidance, it's tough for them to do that. Uh, but they will qualitatively discuss trends in business, queries from customers, what they are seeing with suppliers and things like that. And those could be very useful. Yeah, I found on the conference calls when I was listening to some of the retailers who reported in the last like two to three weeks, they basically, they're giving what happened in the prior quarter, but they're, they're doing it at the very end of the call now because they know it's not even relevant anymore. So sure. they're just they're just leaping right into here's what we're seeing, here's you know what what we're doing, and here's where our finances are, and then oh yeah we had a good quarter for the holidays but oh well <laughs> yeah I don't know that's right <laughs> yeah um, what do you think the buyback situation is going to turn out to be and how will that impact earnings going forward like this evolution of earnings growth throughout the year if everybody is just halting buybacks. That's right. I think I think the uh, the public discourse around buybacks has become so negative. Yeah. Uh, that I can't imagine uh, any board of directors in this uh, in this environment uh, signing off on and and uh, having a buyback program, and that will have implications. That will have implications for earnings growth uh, going forward. And I, I don't think this 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 black eye for buybacks uh, is just a 2020 event. I think this will linger with us for a while. Okay. Uh, 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 investors uh, would ask. Uh, uh, boards and management teams uh, uh, to to have a rainy day fund. Uh, it's it is not inefficient to have cash on balance sheet, uh, and uh, the uh, the 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 narrative uh, in the investment field over the last many years has been that uh, a management team that's sitting on too much cash is destroying shareholder value. Uh, and uh, we will come around to rethinking that narrative. Uh, in the uh, in the current environment, companies that are sitting on a lot of cash are practically kings, and uh, and that's an important development that I think we'll start acknowledging and appreciating as uh, uh, as we go through this uh, this downturn and and start recovering from it. Okay, that's something to keep in mind. That's a good point. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you want to uh, just fill us in on before we wrap up here? I would say that uh, 
estimates for next year have started coming down as well. Okay. Uh, uh, earnings uh, for, for 2020 essentially uh, have, have been wiped out. We are like on an EPS basis for the index as a whole. Uh, we are now like in the mid 140s. Uh, and uh, 2021, when compared to 2019, if 2019 is representative of normal, is just four or five percent uh, higher than 2019. And I would imagine 2021 will come down too. Uh, so uh, I think solvency is an important thing. Uh, balance sheet strength and cash position are important metrics. Uh, uh, the advice that we gave earlier about quality companies, whether large caps or smaller ones, um, uh, keep an eye on them on days when they are down, uh, add small positions to those, uh, and don't let these very big bad numbers for earnings as well as the economic indicators that we'll be seeing in the coming days uh, prompt you to exit the market. Okay, that's some good advice in there. And just to recap the tickers we talked about, we talked about Microsoft, MSFT, Amazon, AMZN, Walmart, is WMT. We talked about Teladoc, TDOC, but that's a super huge. So uh, just keep that in mind if you're going to check that one out. AMN, healthcare services is AMN. Accenture, ACN, I think. Is that right for Accenture? I think so. ACN, uh, yes. Okay. Um, Pioneer is PXD and Chevron is CVX. And as always, um, you know, we're doing this every week from our host, from our homes and uh, we're bringing you as much stocks and information as we can. So be sure to subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts and we are on SoundCloud and you can also find us on Spotify as a standalone show. And those charts we were talking about earlier, I'm going to tweet them out. So be sure to follow me on Twitter. It's just my name, at Tracy Reinick, to get all of our charts. And I'll be uh, tweeting out a whole bunch of earnings charts. And be sure to tune in on Saks.com to Shiraz's earnings articles. That's where you can find all of these charts and all of the data, all earnings season long. They're super good. So check those out as well. I'll probably be tweeting out a couple of those as well. But be sure to get us somewhere, get all our information, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.